Good morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm Pastor Jeff Shreve, your host. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, a national and international radio and television preaching ministry heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on this station, American Family Radio. Well, the Bible tells us a very interesting little verse in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 about the sons of Issachar. It says that the sons of Issachar were men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. I'm excited today to welcome to the program a friend of mine, Dr. Richard Land. Dr. Land is President Emeritus of Southern Evangelical Seminary in North Carolina. He's the former president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. He's currently serving as the executive editor of the Christian Post. Uh, Dr. Land is a well-respected commentator on issues related to religion and politics and history and culture. And he has appeared in thousands of media interviews over the course of his career. He's a prolific author. He's a uh, husband and he's a dad and he's a grandfather and he's just a, a wealth of information. Dr. Land, welcome to the program today. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you. And uh, I also um, have a, a, a two minute program every day on, on AFR called Bringing Every Thought Captive. So yeah, that's, that's right. That's, I'm delighted to be on. I love AFR. I think AFR is, is one of the great resources for um, for Christians to, to revive and reform America. God is really using it. I remember I, I told Tim Wildman this. Back in the day, I used to hear his dad on these little little snippets on uh, KSBJ in Houston and, and uh, KHCB, and, and they would play these little things from Don Wildman. I'm Don Wildman. Um, but God has really blessed, and he has used uh, these wonderful folks at AFR to make a profound difference in America. Well, Dr. Land, I wanted to talk to you today about uh, exactly what that, that verse says. I, I consider you uh, as a, a man like the sons of Issachar. You understand the times. You have knowledge of what Israel should do, of what we should do. And so let's talk about what's going on in the world today, especially in Ukraine uh, Russia and Ukraine, what is taking place there and how does that impact the world? Well, it's, um, uh, it's a, it's a dangerous, dangerous situation. Um, you have a, a man in, in, uh, in, uh, Putin who is a murderer. Uh, he's a killer. Um, he, he grew up on the mean streets of Moscow. Um, he became a KGB agent. And uh, he has murdered his way to the top and assassinated his way to stay in power. Uh, he has no compunction about killing anybody that gets in his way. Um, he, uh, he's a, he has a deep-seated belief in the core of his being that, uh, that goes way beyond communism, that, um, uh, that Ukraine is part of Russia, that, that, um, that Ukraine is a, a false country. It's not really a country. It's a, it's a breakaway part of Russia. And he wants to... Um, reunite all the all the former um, part of the Soviet Union, but most importantly, Russia, uh, Ukraine. He sees Ukraine different than he does Poland or he does Hungary. He sees Ukraine as a breakaway province out of the United States and um, out of Russia. And he wants to um, he wants to bring it back. Um, and, and he's trying to do so. You know, I, I said all along 
when when Biden was running for office that um, that he was more temptation. If he was if he were to be elected, he would be more temptation than Vladimir Putin could stand because he's so weak. And and then it was confirmed by what he did in Afghanistan, the ignoble and 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 shameful um, uh, retreat from Afghanistan convinced Putin that he could get away with this. And um, uh, we we should have been arming the Ukrainians all along. We should have been we should have been turning Ukraine into a porcupine that Russia didn't want, did not want to try to swallow. Uh, and yet, when Biden came in, one of the first things he did was to uh, stop the most recent shipment of of arms that Trump had 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 scheduled to send to Ukraine. Uh, Trump had been sending uh, material to them. Uh, remember, under under uh, Obama and Biden. When, when the, they invaded the Russia invaded Crimea, <laughs> which is part of Ukraine, <laughs> they sent they, they, they asked for help, but they got meals ready to eat. That's what they sent them was meals ready to eat and blankets. Um, we sent them Stinger missiles. Uh, we sent them Javelin missiles uh, under Trump. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of stake here. If we do not stop Putin uh, in Ukraine, um, he will not. He will keep going. He'll go next to somewhere else, next to somewhere else, until he stops. Uh, Vladimir uh, uh, Lenin said, said this way. He said, if uh, you, you thrust forward with your bayonet, if you encounter must, you keep going. If you encounter steel, you retreat. <clears throat> do, you, do you see him, Dr. Land, as a, as a modern-day Hitler? Yes, I do. I do. Um, I think he's... Um, He's got the same kind of mad ambitions. Um, I think he has the same um, lack of conscience as, as Hitler um, or Stalin or Stalin. You know, Stalin is just as bad as Hitler. Stalin killed more people than Hitler did. Um, the, the, uh, um, I think that, um, and, and, you know, Joe Biden has been wrong about every major foreign policy <laughs> issue since he's been in the Senate. I mean, I'm serious. Robert Gates, who was, who served as Secretary of Defense under Obama as well as under under um, uh, under Bush said that that Joe Biden's been wrong about virtually every foreign policy decision since he's been in the Senate in 1962, and um, he's he, he's now you know you, you can't imagine how dangerous it was for him to say that he that, that Vladimir Putin cannot stay in power. The last thing you want is a cornered dictator with nuclear weapons. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. That that's just a fact. Um, uh, if if this guy feels cornered, uh, if he feels like you know he's he's got to use his nuclear weapons or he's going to be uh, he's going to be toast, he'll use them. He'll use them. Um, we we uh, we need to this, at this point in time. The safest thing is to um, stymie his ambitions in Ukraine and give him a way to exit that saves face in Russia. So that he does not get desperate and escalate, uh, escalate. And, yes. And uh, you know, the, 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 this is not beyond. <laughs> you know, he's not a normal, rational person. Normal, rational people do not, do not initiate nuclear conflict. He's not a normal, rational person. How, how do you think he's viewed in Russia? Oh, I think that uh, a lot of the Russians, who, who you know, they do not have free access to information. A lot of the Russians see him as a defender of Mother Russia. A lot of Russians see him as a as a as a, as a uh, terrible person, uh, but they can't say so because if they say so, they get killed. 
Now, you, you and I had talked yesterday and, and we had talked about what life is like in Russia and when you were there some years ago and, and you, you, you made the statement, nothing works over there. Uh, how, how do you think their military and their military equipment works? Well, I've been shocked at the incompetence of the Russian army. Um, and and, and I've, I've talked to military professionals who are also shocked. Um, uh, they have not really, I, I applaud the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians have, have fought bravely and they have fought well and they have used the weapons that we've given them uh, astutely. But the Russian army, um, this is not the Red Army juggernaut that tore up Hitler's Wehrmacht. I mean, I've, I've, I've been amazed. I think everybody's been amazed. I think Putin's been amazed. Uh, Putin spent a lot of money um, revitalizing the military in, in the Soviet Union, in the former Soviet Union, after it fell. And uh, I think a lot of it got siphoned off and grasped uh, by, the, by, the, by, by the corrupt military. And um, this, this, this army does not look like it's had a lot of money spent on it. I mean, it, it, they've had breakdowns. Their logistics have broken down. Um, they have performed very poorly. It's it's uh, crazy, and the Ukrainians seem to be. I mean, this like the the Cinderella story. They're they're holding their own and, and doing well. Well, you know, it it uh, it shows you the difference between an actual country and countries that are called countries, but they're really tribes with flags. Um, Ukraine is a country that is conscious of being a country, and they're proud of being a country, and they love their freedom, and they they're willing to fight for it. Afghanistan is not a country. Afghanistan is a collection of tribes. Iraq is not a country; it's a collection of tribes that uh, was it's, it's a it's a it's a false country that was put together uh, by diplomats at Versailles after World War One. Uh, you got the Shia and the Sunni and the Kurds. All uh, you know, it's a it's a fruit basket turnover of a country it's not really a country and and you had lots and lots of people in iraq who weren't ready to die for iraq they were to die for their tribe but not for iraq but in ukraine you got an honest good a western civilization country that is united in its efforts to defend its freedom and that's the other thing that uh, nobody talks about much but the ukrainians and the russians are cousins um it it, it, it really would be like uh, Canada and the United States, and for you, for Putin to have a functioning democracy, a functioning, thriving democracy on his border, and it's it's his Russian kissing cousins that are that are doing it, is a threat to his dictatorship in Russia. Um, do you see the the moves of our current administration, Doctor Land? Uh, you know, especially the way we exited. Afghanistan and leaving behind what $85 billion worth of military equipment. I, I looked at that and said, surely we're doing this on purpose. Nobody can be that foolish. Um, do you, what would well, you you're say? Naive. You're, you're, you're naive. <laughs> uh, I, it's hard to, it's hard to get your arms around just how incompetent the Biden administration is when it comes to uh, foreign policy, um, uh, it's 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 the it's the it's the dull amateurs in charge. Um, now, frankly, 
I've been I've been working in Washington a long time, and, and it was it was well known in Washington that Biden was on the on the uh, in the runoffs for the least smart man in the Senate before he began to go into middle class. He's just not a very smart guy, and now he's clearly he's clearly in his dotage. He's clearly in mental decline. And, um, you know, it's dangerous, dangerous to have a president of the United States in the middle of decline. So if we, if we had somebody smart at the helm, what would be the wise American response to what's going on in the war in Ukraine? Um, we would be um, uniting with our, our NATO uh, uh, allies, but not letting them dictate to us. Uh, we're not leading in this fight. Um, uh, NATO is. Uh, the Europeans are. We're, we're, there's some things we could be doing we're not doing because the Europeans don't want to do it. Uh, we need to lead. And we need to do whatever it takes short of American troops and short of American pilots and short of um, uh, nuclear weapons to make certain that Russia fails in Ukraine, um, we need to give them. Uh, we need to give them everything short of Patriot missiles. I would not give them Patriot missiles because there is classified information, um, secret information, uh, encoded into, into Patriot missiles that we would not want the Russians to get their hands on or the Chinese to get their hands on. Doctor Land, if this, if this, God forbid, should should cause a, a world war. Who comes to Russia's side? China. Um, you cannot overplay the announcement that was made just prior to the Olympics of a, of a new uh, uh, axis of China and Russia. And they're going to have each other's back. And their, their purpose is to overthrow uh, the American rules-based order in the world and to make the world free for totalitarian dictators to do whatever they want to do. That's a big ally in China, but we know that God is over it all. We're talking to Dr. Richard Land, President Emeritus of Southern Evangelical Seminary. We're talking about what's going on in the world, how to understand it, and the knowledge of what we should do. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. The family is under attack like never before. That's why American Family Association presents the 2022 Marriage Family Life Conference, July 7th through the 9th. Equip your family and strengthen your faith with Miki Addison. In the context of the family is where the gospel is supposed to be passed from one generation to the next. Brian Osborne. Today, many Christians have compromised with the secular thinking of our age in different areas. We've undermined biblical authority. As a result, we are seeing the collapse of the Christian worldview. And Dr. Kathy Cook. When we stand in the churches and when we train and when we instruct, we have the potential for a harvest of righteousness. And what's the next word? Peace. How many of you want that in your home? How many of you want that in your child? The Youth Apologetics track is also back this year. The 2022 Marriage Family Life Conference, July 7th through the 9th at the Bancorp South Arena in Tupelo, Mississippi. 
Find out more and register now at marriagefamilylife.net. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Hi, I'm Mark Harrington, founder of the pro-life group Created Equal and host of Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show. Created Equal is all about saving the lives of unborn children. Each week, I cover the latest pro-life news and feature interviews with unsung heroes from across the nation who are making a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice. Join me every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 for The Mark Harrington Show here on American Family Radio and discover how you, too, can help protect the lives of the most innocent among us. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Welcome back to our program today, Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking to Dr. Richard Land, President Emeritus of Southern Evangelical Seminary and uh, the Executive Director of the Christian Post and the host of Bringing Every Thought Captive, which is a a two-minute radio spot heard uh, on a regular basis on American Family Radio. Well, Dr. Land, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about how this situation in the Ukraine, uh, how does that fit into Bible prophecy? You know, Jesus said that we would be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. Uh, do you see this situation as just an, another one of the wars and rumors of wars, or do you see it more pointed toward end times? Well, uh, you know, uh, one one treads carefully when one starts talking about uh, uh, what's the fulfillment of prophecy and what's not, because uh, you know the, the Lord told us that only He knows the hour and the day it has come. But um, one one thing that is happening is that um, there are about uh, 50 Jews a day who are leaving Ukraine and going to Israel. So um, it, it, it the the war in Ukraine is causing more of of the Jewish people to go back to their homeland, which is what God said would happen uh, before uh, his return, that the Jews would be in the, they'd be brought back into the land. And so um, about 50 Jews a day are, are um, moving to Israel from Ukraine. Um, secondly, uh, I think that there is at least a good case that can be made that, um, uh, that Russia is, is one of the sources of the, of the power of the North that we see 
see in the end times of Gog and Magog. And um, I, I think that uh, uh, seeing Russia behave in the way it's behaving um, certainly uh, would fit that profile. Now, you talked to me about uh, the depopulation of Russia over the years. It's the, Their population is going down, down, down. But we know that Russia is a player in the end times. So uh, do you see that all of a sudden taking a massive shift to popularizing the country? No, uh, I, I, I think it's going to be very difficult for, for uh, Russia to turn around its, its um, population decline. Um, the average Russian woman has had five abortions by the time she finishes her childbearing years. Um, they, their birth rate is way, way below um, replacement rate, and their average age of death is, is, is approaching a second world country, especially among the men. The average Russian man now dies about 59 years old, um, the leading cause being alcoholism. Um, the, 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 it's a very nihilistic place, um, uh, and, and it's, 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 there's a loss of hope, a loss of hope. Um, and, and, um, it, it's, uh, it's not a very happy place to live. And, you know, they, they're not going to grow their, they're not going to grow their population by immigration. Uh, there are no walls, <laughs> there are no walls to keep people, to keep people out of Russia. There are walls to keep people in Russia. <laughs> oh gosh, that's funny, but that's true. That's true. Do you see, I know when you were, you were there some years ago, is there still an openness to the gospel or is it kind of? shut down um not 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 like there is in ukraine for instance and, you know there's a sort of a mini revi- evangelical revival going on in ukraine uh and has been for several years um the yeah you know, i had a, I had a uh, when i was there i was there in 1991 i was there in the last two weeks of the soviet union when the soviet union was ending and 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 russia was and other countries were coming out of the soviet union and nothing, and nothing worked. It's, it's better now than it was then, but I mean, it was unbelievable. It's just, nothing worked. And um, there was just a hopelessness about the place. And I asked one of the Russian uh, evangelical Christians I visited with, and he said, well, so you have to understand that um, the the uh, Baltic countries didn't become communist until 1940. And the Eastern European countries became communist after World War II. And China became communist in 1949. Russia's been communist since 1917. He said, there's nobody alive in Russia that, that remembers what it was like before communism. Mm. Nobody. And he said, there's a hopelessness. Uh, and I, as I told him, you, we, we were all stunned. You, you see 14-year-old boys walking around at 10 o'clock in the morning drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette. Mm. Not in school. I mean, you know, it's just, it was just, um, it, it, it just, there was a sense of hopelessness about the place. Is the sexual immorality just rampant in Russia in addition? Yes, it is. Um, um, you know, there's, there's, the, the religion has very, very little impact in Russia. The Russian Orthodox Church is really seen as, a, as an organ of the state. So is, how is the underground church doing in Russia right now? You don't hear much about it anymore. Well, it's, it's not flourishing. Um, um, it's, you know, um, God's God's word does not return unto him void. There are people who are preaching the gospel and people who are re- responding to it, but um, uh, not like in Ukraine, for instance, right? Or China? 
or China. Well, let me ask you this, Dr. Land, as, as you look, so we kind of preface this broadcast and this program with the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times. As you look broadly on the times, uh, what do you see going on, uh, let's say, in, in America? How are we doing with Christianity? What, what's the climate of our pulpits? Uh, how would you describe that? Well, um, I think we're, we're, we're in trouble. Um, you know, America, um, I saw a poll yesterday that 70% of Americans think that the country's going in the wrong direction. And I agree with them. <laughs> sure. I agree with them. Um, uh, we see this, this, this woke culture is ripping us apart. Uh, critical race theory and woke culture will, if, if not turned back and, and defeated, will render our country asunder. It will turn us into an, into a country of tribes of different ethnic groups uh, who are who are um, in in in, uh, in in hostile relation to each other. Um, critical race theory will undo Dr. King's dream. It yes. will undo it uh, because we judge everyone by the color of their skin and not by the content of their character. Um, now I, I I see the a very positive sign in the parents' revolt against what's being done to our children in the schools. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm very encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by, um, by uh, signs of revival in many places. But, you know, I, America is in a situation now where we have God-sized problems, and only God can solve them. And uh, what we've got to have is we've got to have, first of all, a revival. Now, this, this is how it'll happen. This is the way it always happens. Um, our salvation is not going to come from Washington, D.C. not going to come right. from government. Um, the future of America is being decided one person, one family, one church at a time all across this country. And what we've got to have is a revival of God's people. You know, the word revival, you got to be revived before you can be revived. Exactly. And so it's people who are already born again who need to get revived. And when we get revived and we get serious and we get on fire with God, then the lost people around us are going to notice the difference. And some of them are going to start getting saved. And if enough of them start getting saved, then you have an awakening. So it'll be a revival that hopefully turns into an awakening. And when they revive and they awaken uh, together, begin to um, be the salt and light God has commanded us to be and apply the truth of the scripture to our society, then we can have a reformation. And that's what we must have. We must have a reformation that, that does as much for America as Luther did for Germany. Okay, so Dr. Land, we hear a lot about... Uh people that are really thinking uh, more toward the left, uh, but they get they get on the preachers that you're getting too political. You need to just stay in your lane and, and uh, don't talk about any of these political issues and, and don't preach on anything related to the upcoming elections or anything like that. Um, there's a lot of pressure. I know that I feel it. Um, you know, I don't succumb to that, but uh from your perspective, what must preachers do today to make a difference uh, to bring about, by God's grace, a revival in the land? Well, they need to. Uh, they need to be bathed in prayer and to be as close to Jesus as they can be. Uh, and they need to preach God's word, all of it. Um, I don't, you know, the sanctity of life issue is not a political issue. It's a moral issue. 
Uh, when you've got states like Maryland proposing uh, uh, laws to kill a baby up until it's a month old, um, uh, you know, if we think God is not going to judge a country that allows that, then we haven't been reading the Bible. If God will judge his chosen people, he'll judge the United States. And uh, I'm fearful. I'm fearful that that um, uh, we are in the midst of judgment and that the judgment is going to get worse unless we turn back to God. And so uh, I would uh, pastors need to preach the word and, 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 and they need to preach about sexual immorality. They need to preach about sexual perversion. They need to preach about the sanctity of human life. Um, we, 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 we are living increasingly um, in Rome. The, 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 the most, the, to me, um, I find often that the, the New Testament book that most applies to where I live now in the United States is Corinth. Mm. And Corinth was the worst city in the Roman Empire. Even the Romans thought the Corinthians were debauched. <laughs> That's saying something. So they actually had a word for it. They said if they thought somebody was hopelessly debauched, they'd say, well, he's been Corinthianized. There's a reason why the, the church at Corinth was the worst church in the New Testament. It was built out of the raw material of the worst city in the Roman Empire. Mm. Well, okay, now, so Romans chapter 1, it says three times, New American Standard Bible, that God gave them over. They didn't want to retain God in their knowledge, so God gave them over. And now, I have maintained that that seems to apply to America. It seems like God has given us over, but uh, as you and I talked last night, or the night before, um, that doesn't mean that there can't be a return, and even for the nation to return to God. Uh, let's talk a That's little right. bit that, about that, that. that. Well, that passage in Romans is talking about individuals. It's not talking about a country. Um, God gave them over to a, a, a reprobate mind, uh, and we see that. We see that. We, we, you know people, I know people, that that's true. They're, 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 their consciences have been seared. And and they they have no morality left. They have no moral compass left. Um, and 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 they've resisted the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit to the point where the Holy Spirit no longer seeks to convict them. Um, I believe that that God seeks to save everyone. I believe that God convicts people, but um, if they resist it, and they resist it, and they resist it, God does. God's spirit does not always strive with man. Um. I think that we are we are under the judgment of God, and why wouldn't we we be? We have we have through child sacrifice killed about sixty seven million babies, starters. Um, and God is not going to let that go unjudged. But there's still hope for America. Uh, God can restore the years the lotus have eaten. Um, but we've got to turn back to God. Uh, our problems are God sized problems. Only God can solve them. That's exactly right. Well, now, Dr. Lamb, we hear a lot about the pushback from the left. Hey, uh, you can't be a one-issue voter. And we hear pastors, David Platt wrote his book about voting, and he, and he was really just wishy-washy. Uh, I've always maintained that there, abortion is the issue because we're killing millions and millions and millions of unborn babies. Uh, that's the hole in the Titanic. Uh, the 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 temperature of the soup, who cares when you have this kind of issue? Uh, would you agree with that well, line it, of thinking? 
Well, you know, when they say that that uh, the people who are pro-life are one-issue voters, that's like criticizing Dr. King for being a one-issue voter back in the 50s and 60s when segregation was the uh, moat in our eye. Um, you know, uh, abortion has desensitized us and devalued human life. We have, it, it's helped to promote a culture of death. Pope John Paul II called it a culture of death. And it's moved from the womb to the uh, nursery uh, with the killing of babies after they're born, to the intensive care unit, uh, and to the old folks' home. Um, uh, we, we are seeing an increasing uh, devaluing of human life. And that makes the, makes the country a very dangerous place to live unless you're young and healthy and productive. Uh, uh, the, irony, the irony is many, many in my generation that aborted their babies because they considered them to be too expensive, too embarrassing, or too ill, or too inconvenient will themselves be euthanized in their old age by, um, by, by people who feel that they're too embarrassing, too ill, too expensive, or too inconvenient. That's just shocking. Uh, I don't understand how any man can stand in the pulpit and not say we th- you cannot vote for uh, any politician who is pro-abortion. H- how does somebody uh, flip that switch and say, well, we got to figure in other things too? Uh, talk about that. Well, yeah, I, I don't either. Uh, I don't either. The Bible is, you know, God is not a Republican, but he is pro-life. There's a reason why the Jews were the only, only country in the Mediterranean that did not practice abortion on demand and infanticide. Why? Because their God, who happens to be the one true God, told them that it was evil and that life begins at conception. And when Christianity became the dominant force of the Roman Empire, um, infanticide and abortion stopped and didn't come back as accepted until um, the uh, early 20th century, first in the Soviet Union, and then in uh, in Western Europe and then in the United States um, as, as the, Christian, the Christian consensus fell. We're talking to Dr. Richard Land, President Emeritus of Southern Evangelical Seminary, and we're talking about the having a mind like the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do, with knowledge of what we should do as a nation. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true, and if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at afa.net. We live in a country where we have a lot of luxuries. We have a lot of things that we can get pretty easily. How convenience and comfort can be obstacles. An article by Will Addison. If we allow those things to be a priority in our lives, we'll find it hard to do the things that really matter, like preaching the gospel. We need to be careful 
that it don't stop us from fulfilling the Great Commission, which is making disciples. To read this article, visit afa.net forward slash the stand. The following are real life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. I know we're all praying for Ukraine, and Eastern Europe is a part of the world where Bible League has a very strong presence. In nearby Albania, Pastor Ephraim is preaching away one Sunday. There's a ruckus at the door. Who is it? 20 militant Muslims. They storm the pulpit, drag this man down the aisle. His family, many in the church who are new converts, are just horrified. They take this man to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death. You know what his crime is? Very simply, that he has been patiently and winsomely sharing Christ with Muslims and atheists and they are coming to place their faith in Jesus Christ. But the leaders in those uh, movements are not happy. You know, when I ask him, how can we pray for you, brother? He did not say, pray for an end to our suffering. He says, pray that we'll see those around us as the mission field and more will come to Christ. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20 to Eastern Europe today. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. 800 yes word or give it sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. We're talking to Dr. Richard Land, a man who understands the times and what uh, we should do as Christians in America. Now, Dr. Land, I heard, I was at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, as you were there too just a couple of weeks ago, and and I heard Eric Metaxas, who is uh, kind of an authority on uh, Germany uh, with his Bonhoeffer book, Germany During the, the Rise of Hitler. Do you see a parallel between Germany in the 30s and America today? Um. No, I see, I, I see parts of America more like Germany in the 20s, uh, when, when Germany was known to be notoriously reprobate and, and, and anti-religious, and that's what led to Hitler. How about as, as it relates to the pulpits in Germany? Because you had a lot of Christians in Germany that uh, obviously were turning a blind eye to what Hitler was doing as he was gaining power, and I guess they were just staying in their lane, so to speak, and not and not really confronting what he was doing. Um, do you, w- would you say that that is happening today? I I don't I don't I would not I'd be, I'd be uncomfortable making um, <coughs> comparisons to Germany in the thirties. The German church was a state. Most of the Germans belonged to a state church, um, a government-run church, 
And um, they a lot of, a lot of German Christians confused Germany with God, and and they they went along with Hitler because they they were good Germans and 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 they raised patriotism to a place um, that uh, you know the Bible tells says that we're not have no other gods before Him, and we can make our country a god, and when we do that we we're engaging in idolatry. Um, <clears throat> I love my country, but I'm never going to say my country right or wrong. Uh, uh, my 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 supreme loyalty goes to God, not to not to America. So I, I would be uncomfortable making those kinds of of uh, comparisons. Um, I see us in America um, more like um, more like uh, uh, Judah when Jeremiah was preaching to them. Um, Jeremiah weeping said. Um, um, you, you do terrible things, and and, um, and 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 the preachers don't preach what they should preach, and the rulers don't rule, rule the way they should rule, and horrible things are happening. And, and does, do you think I won't visit for these things? God says, and He did. You know, I keep telling people, if God would let the Babylonians uh, defeat the Jews and take them into captivity. You think he won't let America be judged? For sure. Do you know how? Where were? You, where do you put America in your end times theological framework? Well, you know there there really sort of two solutions to that. Um, one, we we know that at, at the end, at, when the Lord comes back, there there are four groups of nations. There is the power of the West, which is the a revived form of the Roman Empire. Uh, there's the power, a power of the South, power of the East with an army of 200 million men. We know what that is. That's China. And then the power of the North, which is Gog and Magog. Um, there, are, there are two scenarios. One is that we are, um, um, so many Americans are saved that when the rapture occurs, America is largely depopulated. That, that's a nice scenario to think about. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think right now, right now, if, if the rapture happened right now, um, my guess is um, probably at least a third of our country would disappear. Now, it wouldn't be even. Um, you know, large parts of Mississippi would disappear. There might not be very many leaves disturbed, disturbed in Vermont. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, we, we would have uh, some of our military would be decimated. We, we might have ships with not enough crew to get back to port because you know much about the American military. Uh, it's, 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 it's far more Christian than, than the population is, is a general rule. Um, the, uh, and then, and then so many, so many Americans, so many Americans are disappear because of the rapture that America just becomes sort of a, a, an ally of that power of the West, part of the revived Roman empire. That, that's one scenario. Another scenario is that um, uh, we're apostate, and and um, we're we're part of that Roman Empire, um, um, that transatlantic alliance. Doctor Land, um, your your eschatology, your your understanding of end times, uh, is premillennial and uh, a, a pre-tribulation rapture position. Am I correct? Yes, yes, it is. 
Why do you think that that kind of belief system is so abhorrent to those in the Reformed Calvinistic camp? Well, um, because the reason that that um, now you, I'm, a, I'm I'm taking the broad stroke here. I'm talking about Reformed theology um, because this what I'm saying would not apply to Baptists who are who are Calvinists, but um, the Reformed uh, tradition. Um, they see the church replacing Israel. That Israel is the church in the Old Testament, and the church is Israel in the New Testament. And so um, that's why they 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 sprinkle babies um, because they they they're they're mixing it up with covenant theology of uh, uh, that God had, God's covenant with Israel. Now we as Baptists believe that Israel is Israel, and God is still dealing with Israel. Uh, and the church is the church. And the church is a New Testament institution that it was conceived during the earthly ministry of Jesus, and it was born on the day of Pentecost. And so, um, uh, you know, when, when, when it's premillennial um, eschatology comes out of that, that understanding, that, you know, Israel still exists, God is still, still has a covenant with Israel. Um, uh, Presbyterians, the, the Reformed tradition, do not believe that. They believe that they believe in re, what's called replacement theology, that that the church has replaced Israel, and so it, it strikes at the very root of their theology. Did uh, did R.C. Sproul believe that? I don't know. I don't know. I know D. James Kennedy did. Wow. You know, I had had a conversation with our mutual friend, Dr. Paige Patterson, about uh, John MacArthur, because John MacArthur is premillennial and uh, pre-tribulation rapture. And he's one of the few guys that's in that, you know, that line of thinking with Calvinism is is the way uh, that believes like that, because most of them don't like to really they don't get into that subject very often. Um, I was told well, that John... But John, John grew up Baptist. John, John's daddy was a Baptist preacher, um, uh, Jack MacArthur, and and um, uh, uh, John is not nearly—he's more Calvinistic than he used to be. Um, Thirty years ago, he wasn't as Calvinistic as he is now. But uh, what I've said doesn't apply to to, to Baptist uh, Calvinists. I mean, I know Baptist Calvinists who are premillennial and and and, and pre-trib. And, and I know uh, even more who are post-trip premillennial. Okay, so if you explain for our listeners the, what is the rapture and when can it possibly occur? We say it occurs before the tribulation period and in the traditional spots, it's, it's either before, it's in the middle, or it's at the end. Uh, can you just kind of give a brief summary of what sure. that is? Well, in the rapture, it's, it's the snatching away, literally the snatching away. It's when the Lord comes in the air, and, and he calls all of the Christians, living and dead, to come, to come up with him. And, and you know, the, the dead rise first, because they have about six feet further to go. And then, uh, then all those who are alive in Christ are, are snatched away. Um, it's where the two are plowed in the field, one's taken, and, and uh, one, it just, we just disappear. Um, now, um, I believe that that is the that is the sign of the beginning of the rap, of the of the tribulation. 
Uh, the tribulation immediately begins uh, after the snatching away of, of the living and dead in Christ. Um, now, if I weren't pre-trib, I would be mid-trib, because um, Jesus says that no man knows the hour or the day of his coming. Well, unless you lose the ability to count, you're going to know if, 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 if when, when, when the, the Antichrist uh, sets up an image of himself in the temple and, and commands people to worship him, that happens at the midpoint of the tribulation. So you're going to know three and a half years to the day when the Lord's going to come back. And Jesus said, nobody's going to know the hour of the day he's coming back. And so if I weren't pre-trib, I'd be mid-trib. But I'm pre-trib. Um, I believe that, that, that we're, we're promised that we will we'll be delivered from the tribulation of the great. Um, but then once, the, once the, the, all the Christians are taken away, um, you're going to have uh, the Holy Spirit and its restraining power on evil is going to be um, um, pulled off and away for seven years. And you're going to see the seven worst years in human history. Um, in Revelation chapter uh, chapter 4, the Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, where the Lord comes back and destroys the, the armies of the Antichrist, um, describes in great detail how horrific it, a period it is. It is going to be awful, and it, as Ed Heinsen, Dr. Ed Heinsen's a friend of mine, and he said, you know, it would make no sense if the church is the bride of Christ for the church to go through the great tribulation period because that's the time when God pours out his wrath on a disobedient and unbelieving world. Uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't beat your wife and then take her to the wedding feast. That doesn't make sense. So, well, plus, the... the, the, the Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 to Revelation 19, 11 deals with one seven-year period, and there's not any mention of the church. None. It's gone. It's gone. Right. Um, it's, it's just not there. Um, it, it's, you know, and I'm grateful we're not going to be there because it's going to be pretty bad. Um, the, the, in fact, we're told that if, if, if the Lord did not shorten the days, uh, that, that no, no flesh would survive. And there's going to be a continuous revival during during the tribulation, with millions and millions of people getting saved. But they're they're going to be in parts of the world that have not heard the gospel, or have not heard it well. Uh, I have a sermon I preach sometimes when I, I do revivals that does get attention when they put it up on the marquee. The hottest places in hell are reserved for people who speak with a southern accent. <laughs> and the That's reason true. for that the reason. The reason I say that is, um, the, the, the Thessalonians says that, that the people who have heard the gospel and rejected it, that they will have a strong spirit of delusion sent upon them, that they will believe a lie, and they will accept the Antichrist. Now, where has the gospel been more preached than anywhere else in the world? The southeastern and southwestern United States are more gospel-saturated than any other place on the globe. You have to ignore more sermons, ignore more invitations to church, ignore more people witnessing to you to go to hell in, in the southeastern and southwestern United States anywhere since the church began. It's, so hey, I've, sent, go ahead. People, people who reject the gospel, people who reject the gospel have sinned against more light than anyone else and thus brought greater judgment on themselves. They're going to be many people say they're going to be. Anyway, means we were saved in Saudi Arabia, not South Carolina. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, light rejected is a big part of the judgment at the great white throne. You know, I, I, right. you were given all these opportunities and you rejected, you rejected, you rejected. Well, you Dr. Lamb, I've read, I've read prophet, prophecy um, people, uh, people who spend a whole lot more time on it than I do, who say that, the, that they believe that the Antichrist um, rises to power first as, a, as the leader of the Western coalition, the, the, the revived Roman Empire. Uh, well, why would that be? Well, the gospel has been, been preached more in the United States and Canada and Europe than anywhere else. And so they have a strong spirit of delusion sent upon them to believe a lie. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, we just have a, about a minute or so left. Let's. Uh, what is your take on the current climate of the Southern Baptist Convention and what is needed there? Well, you know, I was part of the conservative resurgence. Uh, when I was in seminary, our seminaries were not what they should have been. Um, uh, they are a whole lot closer to being what they should be now than they were then. Um, but they can always be closer to being what they ought to be. Um, I believe that every every professor ought to be a Bible-believing, uh, on-fire-for-the-Lord professor. Um, and I think our churches need to uh, too many of our churches are at ease in Zion instead of being um, sold out to the Lord. We're called to be witnesses. We've been talking to Dr. Richard Land. Dr. Land, thank you so much for being my guest today and great things that you had to say. You can uh, follow up on AFR.net and listen to any of these broadcasts uh, at, your, at your leisure, on demand. Uh, under the title of Real Truth for Today. Well, remember the two words as we end the broadcast today, shine and share. Shine for Christ and share what great things the Lord has done for you. I'll be with you again tomorrow as we talk to Tim Tebow. Don't miss it. Mm -hmm.